Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are going to continue talking about how we can follow in the way of Jesus throughout the new year. And today, we're especially going to be thinking about how we can follow Jesus when it comes to our health. But before we get into this episode's sermon, I want to take a minute and talk about what happened in Washington, D.C. just a few short days ago. And I want to preface these remarks by reminding you that I've been the pastor at Melbourne Heights for over nine years, and we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. So if you're a regular listener, you know me. And you know that I don't use our pulpit to talk about politics. You know that I don't use our platform to tell you which political party you should support or which candidate you should vote for. But with all of that in mind, I want to begin by saying that the acts of violence that were carried out by this angry mob as they stormed our Capitol building and tried to disrupt our democracy are completely unacceptable. What makes matters worse is that they were incited by lies that are being repeated by our political leaders and politicians about the validity of our previous election. And the most disappointing thing for me as a person of faith and a follower of Jesus myself were the number of people that were a part of that angry mob that were waving Christian flags or wearing some sort of clothing that identified themselves as followers of Jesus. Let me be crystal clear with you right here. Any and every act of violence is against the nature of God. So you cannot follow Jesus and engage in these acts of violence. Jesus showed this to us himself when he was standing in the Garden of Gethsemane and the Roman government and Jewish officials sent soldiers out to arrest him. As Jesus was standing there, his followers drew their swords to attempt to defend their leader, but Jesus told them to put their swords away, reminding them that those who live by the sword will die by the sword. So following the way of Jesus never leads to violence. Following the way of Jesus never leads to the hatred that we saw in Washington, D.C. Following the way of Jesus never leads to the shame and the anger, just the hurt that we all experience as we watched what happened just a few days ago. Instead, following the way of Jesus always leads to love. Following the way of Jesus always leads to peace. And following the way of Jesus always leads to hope. So as followers of Jesus, let us denounce the violence and the behavior of this angry mob that we saw a few short days ago. And let us be agents of the way of Jesus, bringing hope, peace, and love into our world. Now, let's get into this episode's sermon. Well, it is now the second Sunday in 2021. And right now at Melbourne Heights, we are talking about how we can follow Jesus throughout this new year. But... The problem that we sometimes have when we talk about what we need to do to follow Jesus is that we think we only have to follow Jesus in the churchy areas of our lives. So usually when we talk about following Jesus at church, well, we think about how we can follow Jesus when we're in a worship service or how we can follow Jesus when we're participating in our small groups. Or we think that following Jesus is all about reading our Bibles and saying our prayers. But here's the thing. Jesus isn't just the Lord over the churchy stuff in our lives. Jesus is Lord over everything in our lives. So following Jesus is something that we need to do in every area of our lives. Following Jesus is something that we need to do in every area of our lives. So we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about how we can follow Jesus in some of the different areas of our lives. And the areas that we're going to be focusing in on over the next few weeks, well, these are the areas that we all tend to focus in on at the beginning of a brand new year. 
So we're going to be talking about the areas of our lives that we commonly make New Year's resolutions for. So that begs the question, what are the areas in our lives that we usually make New Year's resolutions for? Well, let's start by taking a look at what some of the most common New Year's resolutions are. And I shared this information with you last week, but it's worth repeating today. According to Inc. Magazine, 71% of people who make New Year's resolutions each year resolve to diet or to eat healthier. 65% of people resolve to exercise more. 54% of people resolve to lose weight. 32% of people resolve to save more or spend less money. 26% of people resolve to learn a new skill or a new hobby. And 17% of people who make resolutions each year resolve to read more in the upcoming year. So just from looking at this list of common resolutions, we can see that there are three areas in our lives that we tend to focus in on at the beginning of a brand new year. We all tend to focus in on our health, which is why so many people resolve to lose weight or to exercise every year. And we all tend to focus in on our finances, which is why we hear about a lot of people resolving to spend less money or to save more money in the upcoming year. And we all tend to focus in on how we spend our free time, which is why we resolve to find new hobbies or to read more in the year ahead. So these are the areas that I want to focus in on over the next three weeks. I want us to spend our time together talking about how we can follow Jesus with our health, with our finances, and with our free time. And since most New Year's resolutions have to do with our health, well, I think that's a pretty good place for us to start today. And if I am being completely honest with you right now, whenever I have made New Year's resolutions in the past for myself, they have always dealt with my health. You see, I've struggled with my weight for about half my life now. And it all started when I went off to college. Before I went to college, I was a really active kid. Throughout high school, I played football and church league basketball, and I even ran track. But when I went off to college, all of those things stopped. But my eating habits, they didn't change. So by the end of my freshman year of college, instead of putting on the dreaded freshman 15, I had gained 35 pounds. And things didn't get much better from there. Seven years after I finished college, I was in the worst health I had ever been in. I weighed over 260 pounds. My BMI was 33.4, which put me squarely in the obese category. I got winded when I walked up a flight of stairs. I could barely button the top button on all of my dress shirts. And there is really no telling what else may have been going on inside of my body because I wouldn't go and see a doctor. So, on New Year's Day of 2011, I made a resolution. I resolved that I was going to eat healthier that year. I resolved that I was going to exercise more that year. And I resolved that I was going to lose some of the extra pounds that I had been carrying around for far too long. And for the first half of the year, things went really, really well. I lost over 40 pounds, and I ran in my first couple of 5Ks. But by the end of the year, my old habits started creeping back in again. So even though I continue to run fairly regularly to this day, I've managed to find about 20 of the 40 pounds that I lost all of those years ago. So I get it. I get it. I understand why so many people make New Year's resolutions every single year about their health. But I also know 
that most of us never think beyond what we want for our own health. We never think about what God wants for our health. So we only think about the fact that it would be nice if we could drop a few extra pounds, or we think about how amazing it would be if we could complete an Amer- compete in a marathon or some other physical event. But we never stop to think about what God wants for our health. So that's what we're going to talk about during our time together today. We're going to talk about what God wants for your health and why God wants you to be as healthy as you can be. But before we start talking about that, there's something else that we need to talk about first. For a lot of us, the issues that we have with our health or with our weight, well, they keep us from fully accepting ourselves. I mean, I'm just thinking of for myself, when I go to a water park with my daughter, I always end up wearing some sort of t-shirt to go along with my swim trunks. And I do that at least in part because it is a whole lot easier to wear a t-shirt when you go swimming than it is to put sunscreen all over your back. But I also wear that t-shirt because I'm a little self-conscious when it comes to my belly. And I know. I know that I shouldn't be, but the extra weight that I carry around my waist, well, it keeps me from fully accepting who I am right now. And the way that the world treats you can be even worse when you have any issues related to your health. Whether you have ever experienced it for yourself or not, body shaming is a very real thing in our culture. So people will mock you or deride you because of how heavy you are or because of how thin you are. Or they'll do it because you have wrinkles or because you have pimples or maybe because you have both at the same time. Or they'll do it because your muscles are too big or because your muscles are too small. And the list goes on and on and on. And because of all of this, somewhere deep down inside, we can believe that there is a certain mold that we have to fit into in order for us to be truly loved and truly accepted. But I want you to hear this right now. That is not how it works with God. God loves you and accepts you no matter what you look like. God loves you and God accepts you no matter what health conditions you may have right now. Or to put it as simply as I possibly can for you, God loves you and accepts you, period. God loves you and accepts you, period. As a matter of fact, in his letter uh, to followers of Jesus in the ancient city of Ephesus, Paul tells us this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So God doesn't care what you look like or what health issues you may be facing right now. God considers you to be his masterpiece. So, even if you feel like you're more like one of Picasso's paintings than one of Michelangelo's sculptures, God sees you as a masterpiece. And God loves you. God loves you no matter what. So, we're not talking about what God wants for our health because God will love us more if we are healthier. There's nothing. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you more, and there is nothing that you can do that would make God love you any less. All right? So now that we are crystal clear on all of that, let's spend the rest of our time together today talking about what it is that God wants for our health. And whenever we want to hear what God has to say about any topic, the best place for us to turn is to the Bible. 
And that's because we believe that the Bible is a book that God uses to reveal who he is, to reveal who we are, and to tell us how God wants us to live our lives. So, what does the Bible have to say about our health? What does the Bible have to say about our health? Well, the honest answer to that question is, the Bible doesn't say as much about our health as we would like for it to. The Bible doesn't give us the perfect diet that we can follow, and the Bible doesn't tell us how many calories or how many carbs we're supposed to eat in a given day. And the Bible doesn't lay out an exercise program that we can all follow so that we can all have the body of a superhero. And the Bible? The Bible doesn't even tell us what our ideal BMI is or how large our waistline should be. The truth is that a lot of what the Bible has to say about health has to deal with keeping diseases from spreading inside of a community. And believe it or not, a lot of what the Bible has to say about how you keep diseases from spreading in a community sounds a whole lot like the things that we've heard the CDC tell us that we can do to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Things like washing your hands and keeping your distance from people who might be sick. But there are at least a few passages that we find inside of the Bible that allude to how we can be healthier. There are passages like the one we find in Proverbs chapter 23, verses 20 and 21, that tells us this. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty, and too much sleep clothes them in rags. So, this passage from the book of Proverbs, well, it seems to allude to the fact that eating too much or that drinking too much just isn't good for our health even though this passage is really trying to tell us to choose the people that we hang around with very carefully. But let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. We don't really need to find passages inside of the Bible that tell us how we can be healthier. We already know what it takes to be healthier. And we know that being healthier has to do with what we eat and how much we exercise. So the dietary guidelines for Americans that are put out by the United States Departments of Agriculture and Health and Human Services every five years, it tells us that if we want to be healthier, we should eat more fruits and we should eat more vegetables. We should eat more whole, green, whole grains and we should eat more lean meats like fish and chicken. And it also tells us that we should try to stay away from saturated fats and trans fats and foods that are high in salt and in sugar. And the CDC? Well, the CDC tells us that if we want to be healthier, we need to be active for 150 minutes each week. And, and that we need to do things that improve both our cardiovascular health as well as our strength. So we don't really need the Bible to tell us what it takes for us to be healthier. We need the Bible to tell us why our health matters. And if you made a resolution to get healthier this year, the why is a whole lot more important than the how. The why is what keeps you motivated to keep trying to be healthier throughout the year. The why is what helps you bounce back when you slip up, and you will slip up. And the why will give you something to work toward. So why does the Bible tell us that our health matters? Or more importantly, why is our health important to God? Why is our health important to God? Well, to answer that question, there is probably no better place that we can turn to than the book of Corinthians. And this book, or more accurately, this letter, is a great place for us to turn to 
Because followers of Jesus in the ancient city of Corinth, they had bought into the Greek idea that the physical world and that the spiritual world were completely separate things. So there were some people in the the ancient city and in the church in Corinth who were running around overeating, and there were people running around and getting drunk, and there were people that were doing all kinds of other things that I just really don't want to talk about during the service when kids are watching. So Paul. Paul, who is the foremost missionary and the foremost theologian of the first century, he writes a letter. He writes a letter to the church in Corinth, and he writes it at least in part because Paul is the guy who started the church in the city of Corinth. And he writes this letter to them to help straighten things out there. So let's take a look at part of what Paul writes in his letter to the church in Corinth. We'll start looking at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, start reading in verse 12. Here's what Paul writes. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. And skipping down to verse 19, Paul goes on to say, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So in this passage in 1 Corinthians, you hear what I was just talking about. You have some people that are involved in the church in Corinth that are running around and they are doing whatever they want to do because they believe. They believe that they are allowed to do whatever they want to do. But in this passage, Paul reminds them that just because you can do something, that doesn't mean that it's good for you. Just because you can do something, that doesn't mean it's good for you. But that's not all that Paul has to say in this passage. Paul has other things to remind the church in Corinth about. Paul also reminds them that as followers of Jesus... They are not the ones who get the final say in the things that they do. As followers of Jesus, Jesus gets the final say in everything that we do. And Jesus gets the final say in whatever it is that we do because we were bought at a price. Jesus laid down his life for us. And when we become followers of Jesus, we commit to lay down our lives for him. So when it comes to our health, We are supposed to lay down our wants and our desires so that we can live the life that Jesus wants us to live. And Paul is going to tell us exactly what it means for us to live the life that Jesus wants us to live when he tells us that our bodies are the holy temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's stop right here for just a minute. And let's talk about what it means for our bodies to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we have to start by talking about what happens inside of the temple. And since we are thousands of years removed from the temple right now, well, it's easier if we think about the things that happen inside of a church today. So what kind of stuff happens in a church? Well, 
The first thing that happens in a church is what we're doing right now. The first thing that happens in a church is worship. And I like to explain what worship is by using the three Ps. Worship is where we enter into God's presence, where we praise God for who God is and what God does, and it's a place where we align our priorities with God's priorities. But worship, worship isn't the only thing that happens in a church. Churches are also a place where we serve. Now, sometimes our service literally happens inside of the church, like when I am preaching inside of a sanctuary, or when you're sitting in a room with a small group of people for a Bible study, or when you volunteer to serve as a greeter or an usher. But the church is also a place that we serve from. I mean, just think about the work that our church does with the Cabbage Patch House and with the Angel Tree Program. Our church has served hundreds of families through our church. So when Paul tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Paul is telling us that our bodies are what God gives us to worship him and to serve others. Our bodies are what God gives us to worship him and to serve others. And that's why your health matters to God. Your health matters to God Because if you aren't healthy, then you can't really worship God and you can't really serve other people. You can think about it this way. Over Christmas, I overindulged a little bit. And you probably did too. The truth is I ate way too many Christmas cookies and way too much of the candy that Santa Claus left in my stocking. And that made me feel lousy. And since I felt lousy, I didn't really want to do anything. All I wanted to do was to just sit on the couch until my stomach stopped hurting. And because of that, I couldn't really worship God and I couldn't really serve other people. But you know what? When I take better care of myself, when I eat more fruits and when I eat more vegetables, when I go for a run and when I get a good night's sleep, I feel better. And I have the energy to worship God and I have the energy to serve other people. So we need to realize that our health directly impacts the life that God wants us to live. God wants our lives to be filled with worship, and God wants our lives to be filled with service, and God wants our lives to make an impact in this world. But we can't do that if we don't take care of ourselves. So instead of resolving to eat healthier this year because you don't like the way that you look in a swimsuit, or instead of resolving to exercise more this year so that you can mark running a marathon off of your bucket list, I want you to remember. I want you to remember why your health really matters. Your health matters because God has a plan for your life. Your health matters because God has a plan for your life. God has something that he wants you to do with the body that he has given you. God wants you to worship him, and God wants you to serve other people. God wants you to do good things and to make a real impact in our world. And to make that impact, you need to be as healthy as you can be. Now, before I finish up here, there's one other thing that I want to talk about when it comes to your health and to serving other people for a minute. And I kind of hit on this a little bit earlier on in the sermon when I told you that a lot of what the Bible has to say about our health has to deal with how we can keep diseases from spreading in our community. Over the last year, 
We have been living through an outbreak of what has become the most deadly virus we have seen for the last hundred years. And as followers of Jesus, we have an obligation. We have an obligation to do everything that we can do to slow the spread of this virus. As followers of Jesus, we have an obligation to social distance so that we don't risk spreading this virus amongst those who are most at risk. We have an obligation to self-quarantine if we have been exposed to people who have contracted this virus. As followers of Jesus, we have an obligation to wear our face masks whenever we go out in public. And unless there is some specific medical reason why your doctor says that you shouldn't, as a follower of Jesus, you have an obligation to get vaccinated against COVID-19 as quickly as you're able to. And we have this obligation to do all of these things because of what God has done for us. I've said this many times in conversations that I've had over the last few months, but I want to say it right here during this sermon too. Jesus laid down his life for us. So we can social distance and we can wear our masks and we can get vaccinated for others. It's part of what it means to serve other people and to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's part of what it means for us to be bought at a price. So if you want to follow the ways of Jesus, you have to follow the ways of Jesus with your health. We have to do what we can to be as healthy as we possibly can so, and to keep other people as healthy as we can as well so that we can all worship God and so that we can all serve this world. So this year, if you made resolutions that will help you with your health, whether it's to eat healthier, exercise more, whatever it may be, remember why that matters to us as people of faith. Our health matters because God gave us these bodies to worship him and to serve others. And if we don't take care of our bodies, we can't worship God. And we can't serve others as well as God intends us to. So remember the why. Remember the why and do what you can to follow the calling that God has given you. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, you know. You know, God, that so many of us make resolutions that have to deal with our health every single year, God. Whether it's eating healthier or exercising more or trying to lose a little bit of weight, God. The reality is that many of us don't take as good of care of ourselves as we should or as you would like for us to, God. And the choices that we make, they keep us from being the people that you have called us to be. They keep us from fully worshiping you, from fully serving other people, God. So my prayer is this year, God, that you challenge every single one of us, whether we made a resolution about it or not, to do what we can to be healthier, to take the first steps, to, to be a little wiser in the things that we eat, to get motivated, to get out and move our bodies a little bit more, to do whatever it is that we can to be healthier so that we can do a better job of following you, God. And use us. Use us as examples, God. Use us as examples to inspire other people to be as healthy as they can, too. And also remind us, God, that the decisions that we make about our health, they don't just impact us. They impact the world around us. So God, allow us to make the right choices. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's episode has helped you think a little bit more about why your health is important to God. And if we all do a little bit better job taking care of ourselves, we're all going to be able to follow the calling that God has for us. We're going to be able to worship Him more, and we're going to be able to serve other people. Now, next week, we're going to continue on in the sermon series, and specifically, we're going to be thinking about how we can follow the way of Jesus when it comes to our money. Again, money is one of those things that a lot of us struggle with at the beginning of a new year and we always make resolutions about how we can save more or spend less and we're going to be talking about how you can do that next week so we hope that you'll come back and join us then and before we go let me remind you that if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet now is a great time to do that because every one of our podcasts will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app once you subscribe and I also want to invite you to come and worship with us whenever you have a chance we worship at 10 30 a.m eastern time on sunday mornings on our church's website at mhbclouisville.com. So, hope that you guys have a great week, and we will see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.